like that it's called a field recorder, like you're kind of like off. Oh yeah. Reporting from a war zone. That's right. I am reporting from a war zone, the war in zone as, of Australia. In in as many words, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, the site of the site of many conflicts, the site of hooning. Um, learned a lot about the Australian art of hooning, which is driving your shitty car too fast and damaging it. Uh, you know, doing donuts and such like in a car park, and then like crashing it into the trolley bay. Um, big problem. Big problem. I can't in Australia. remember what the what the name of that war reporter who who was killed is. I can't remember what they're called. I was going to make a really good joke about like where I was going to put their name into your name, but now I can't remember what they were called. Oh, so fuck. I think that's I think that's probably torn that one. Sad to say, it's it's gone the way of Natalie and Brulia. Oh, because it's torn. Yeah, that's a exactly. nice little Aust- nice nice little Australia theme. Yeah, there remark. you go. Yeah, um, well, love, love an Australia theme. Uh, the listener may be able to tell. I'm in Australia. Um, do I sound upside down to you, listeners? Um, well, I've got a thing on my laptop um, pressed so that mm. it corrects Australians, so I can see you the correct way yeah, up, the right way up but yeah that's because but that's because my screen's been flipped yeah no that makes sense yeah you would you'd want that engaged otherwise it can get quite tiring on the eyes a little bit confusing you might get mm. motion sickness um yeah. which you wouldn't want yeah we want we want natalie and brulia not phoebe bridges that's the key thing to remember there's a um there's a little button on my computer um with like a big red cross on it and under it it um it, it says um mussolini yes no and if you press the red cross, um, then it de-Mussolini's mm. you. Ah, the de-Mussolini, yeah. The de-Mussolini. <laughs> the de-Mussolini. The de-Mussolini, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that is correct. That is correct. That's what we love love to see. Um, we love to see it. Yeah, for the be- for the benefit of the listener, uh, we're on the Trash Future Tour in Australia. Um, I uh, unfortunately uh, came down with some of the worst shits of my life the morning before we were due to fly to Australia. And then um, the 25-hour combined flight to Australia was one of, I would say, the worst ordeals of my adult life. Um, and it's really only like You've kind had of... some ordeals as well. You're yeah. not ordeal-light. I'm not ordeal-free. No. The Art of the Ordeal, that could be my book. That's quite good. Good, good Edinburgh show title. <laughs> I, I think that's quite good. Yeah, I think Keely one year had down. one called The Art of the Keel, which I thought was pretty funny, but very few people got it. Um, well, you have to know, know Keely personally to get it, surely. Well, no, but as in, it had his name on the poster. It was his show, oh, right. and then it was called The Art of the Keel. But I think not many, I think not enough people, because when you're online, you forget that actually not many people know that Donald Trump wrote a book called The Art of the Deal. <laughs> God, it's it's so sad, isn't it? The decline of intellectualism <laughs> i know you see these books don't get taught in schools anymore that's know, really the terrible. the great shame terrible. of it yeah, maybe you know we I, should do a book I... review corner where we do the art of the deal yeah, you know i spoke to a kid the other day and mm. he'd never even heard of the art of the deal and i was like what are they teaching them they're only they're teaching him they're teaching him tiktok yeah they're teaching him hot shit they're teaching him lie that's all yeah. they're teaching him the catcher in the rye which will teach you nothing about deals unless you're trying to underpay a prostitute right that's you know that's pretty much the only thing it'll teach you um which is a form of deal making i suppose to be fair i imagine that trump has probably attempted to underpay a few (laughs) sex workers in his time (laughs) yeah no i can i can imagine that yeah um his his butler just sort of quietly tipping them as they leave just like yeah he's, he's like that you know uh, legally, we cannot um, <laughs> legally. Uh, legally, the uh, former president, as far as we know, does not either underpay sex workers or he employ pays Michael for his Caine. bonks in full. As far as we know, pays for his bonks in full. Are mm. you a Sun journalist from 1992? Correct. That's yeah, the that, yeah, new yeah. persona. All right, that, yeah, no, that tracks. It's a good. It's a good persona. I've Be like Kelvin McKenzie. Yeah, that's right. Kelvin McKenzie doesn't sound like a real guy. I know it is a real no. guy. No, but... I know. Mm. I really, really hate Kelvin McKenzie. Sorry to be, sorry to get a little bit controversial. And yeah, that Kelvin McKenzie, you're on, on notice. Yeah, well, we've just so, lost a Patreon subscriber. You hate so to see if you, it. If, but... you're listen, if you're listening, Kelvin, 
Kelvo. Um, I'm if that is your Kelv. real name. Big Kelv. I'm 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 calling you out. I do not I do not care for you, sir. Yeah, he's a fucking prick. Yeah, there you go. That's she said my, it. That's my. Like, oh, I, yeah, I went ahead and said it. Should we mm. uh, introduce introduce the show? Yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah, this is Master of Adamain, the podcast which is allegedly about the hit 90s sitcom Seinfeld. I'm Mother but someone who's never seen Seinfeld, and I'm joined as ever by my co-host Phoebe Roy. Hello. That is all she ever says. Um. And this week we are talking about. I know the episode is called the Scoff Law, but I forget what the numbers are. Can I redo my hello? I'm not happy with it. I'm not happy with the tonality. You're not happy. Well, what do you, What do you feel was off about the tone? <laughs> I don't know. It felt. It felt. It, I don't know. I, mm, no, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not I sure. I think you about should redo it, hello. but also that we should leave all of this in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I don't really need to redo it. I'm not as unhappy with it as all that. That's fine. Yeah. Season six, episode thirteen. There you go. So if you're following along at home, that is where to follow too um now uh, i should note that we were supposed to record this almost a week ago um but uh there was a technical problem in the studio that day and then subsequent to that uh i was then very ill so we couldn't record it um, and this is the first opportunity we've had so what i'm getting to here is that i watched the episode and i made notes on it but what's happened is i left those notes on the studio table in london um, gotcha. So I don't have them. And okay. I also now can't remember the episode that clearly because it was a long time. And since then, I've gone through a bone chilling ordeal. So um, basically, we're going to be winging it. <laughs> I know that's hard okay, to imagine on this podcast, but that's that's what's going to be happening. Strap because it. We're normally we're normally very, very rigorous. Um, we are. All right. So what I said, su- what I suggest in that case is that we uh, instead of doing a beat by beat, we just do an overview mm-hmm. of the character storylines i actually like that as a methodology i think it's mm. i think it's you know it's clear in its goals it's not diffuse in its aims i've read i see i've read art of the deal yeah that's right i don't know how to i don't know how to make a deal i don't know how to record a podcast um okay peep behind so, the curtain here until peep behind the curtains okay so um kramer's storyline uh is that he calls a litter bug a pig and a cop overhears him and thinks that he is talking to him. Yeah, he stood like directly behind a cop when this happened. Stood directly behind a cop. And then in the ensuing scuffle, he finds out that this cop has um, a white whale of a scofflaw who has amassed more unpaid parking tickets than anybody mm. else in the history of the city of New York. And he was close to catching him. Mm. And Kramer, Kramer fucked up. Like yeah. wrapped up this um the use of the word scofflaw throughout this episode is very they funny. They do. They do. I love the word scofflaw. You don't hear it very often. Like I asked a kid the other day uh, if they knew what a scofflaw was and they said something about um about a dance on TikTok and I was like, "Oh, you see, this is the problem. This is what happens when you don't give out copies of the art yeah. deal." It's Kids these days they're scoff cultures. They are scoff cultures. Yeah. I actually do think that a little bit. <laughs> I actually, I, le- I learned something really interesting um, about that, you know, the particular grammatical uh, form of things like scoff law or spendthrift, the, those kind of things where it's like n- n- uh, verb noun compound, but where the verb goes first, whereas normally it would be the other way around in most English things. Um, so like you'd say like penny pincher, not pinch penny. Um, apparently they, they, all of them are fossilized expressions in English, which come from like one 50 year period. I think in like the 1600s or 1700s where it became like fashionable to talk like this and no, huh. and, and English people have not talked like it before or since, but there are a few expressions that have just survived, which is why there's so few of them and they really stand out and scoff law is one of them. That's so interesting. Do yeah. we know why that is? I don't know. It was just like in vogue. I guess like people saying my guy. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, l- 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 that's next yeah. on my list. Do you imagine that they'll be, they'll be talking about like the 2020s and like, yeah, it was a time when people were all saying, so that happened. My dude. My dude. I hate my dude. Oh God, yeah. I hate, I hate it. This I ain't hate it, my dude. Chief. I hate my guy. I hate my brother in Christ. 
Oh, yeah. Don't say that to me. I take, honestly, save my brother in Christ to me or my sister in Christ to me. I will take that as a term of racist abuse. So just so, you, <laughs> just so we're clear. Just so we're mm. clear on that one. Okay, so that is Kramer's storyline. The scofflaw yeah. turns out to be Newman. Hey. So i tell you when I was okay. out with at the fringe and um, he, he was like, um, he was sleeping with this girl uh, who was like 22 or something, like kind of, you know. Not you're on notice. Yeah, not not remotely young enough for it to be creepy, but just like young enough that when you were hanging out with her, you were like, "Oh, this is." This God, is you're an, young. This is an annoying <laughs> woman. Yeah, um, and uh, and then like it, we were hanging out with her at some bar, and then after a few minutes, I just she went to the toilet. I was like, I was like Taco, this chick is too young for you," and he's like, "Oh, what do you mean, mate?" And I was like, "She just said my guy to me, like out loud, like in normal conversation." <laughs> Fine, I can't remember enough. what her name. I, I think her name. Let's let's not name her on the podcast. Let's not do you that. You know what? I've just yeah. I've just realised as well that this is a free one as well. So we should yeah. probably cut all of this out. This, all of this needs to. All of this needs gonna, to go. We're going to beef it all out. Um, <laughs> all of this needs to go. Um, okay, so that is so that is Kramer's storyline. Kramer also has an involvement in Elaine's storyline. Very happy about this episode. This is a very mm. Elaine heavy episode. We love an Elaine heavy episode. We love an Elaine he- heavy episode. It's also, it's got an intertext. Uh, a lot of the aspects of it fit in with each other. Right. So, mm-hmm. Elaine discovers that her ex-boyfriend, Jake Jarmel, the writer, mm. who she has now had two breakups with, the first one because he didn't, use an exclamation point properly yeah um, or refuse to use an exclamation point the second was she's a grammar nazi she is a grammar nazi and she came over on operation paperclip brackets literal um <laughs> <laughs> well as as has been discussed before clippy is himself an aspect of operation paperclip it's what he's named yeah. after yeah it's called clippy because of the sound of his heels clicking together when he does that salute are you are you, are you sure you want you don't want to put an exclamation mark here. <laughs> Are you also sure uh, that you want to do too much uh, looking into my files and record keeping? Because mm. as far as I know, they all burnt down. Yeah, that's right. Um, when I moved to Clippy this country a, from a- Switzerland. <laughs> Clippy is a Nazi mm. is, I think, one of my favorite running bits from this show. And I'm absolutely positive <laughs> that nobody else likes it. But it is I can't even remember what the origin of, of it was. <laughs> But, um, I think we just said it, to be honest with you. In fact, I think that it has statement the same origin out of the gate, Clippy's as this Nazi. discussion. You know what? For a kickoff, here is our li- here is our list of putative Nazis, yeah. and one of them is fucking Clippy. <laughs> you know what? No one can tell you what Clippy was doing between 1939 and 1945. Yeah. And that is because the truth burnt, that the mainstream media doesn't burnt, want you to know. Because he burnt down the warehouse. That's right. It was when he was working for Louis Vuitton. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> <laughs> he was responsible for that warehouse fire. It looks like That's you're trying I'm to saying. destroy some records. <laughs> <laughs> Can I help you? Yeah, precisely. It looks like you're trying to get a job at NASA. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Love a rocket. Mm. Yes. Um, right, so Elaine, um, Elaine is talking about this very bad breakup that she had with Jake Jarmel because she went to get sweeties when he was in hospital um, and then brought the sweeties to his hospital bed, which was a category error mm. from Elaine, but also by the same token, it's also Elaine. Like, I just, I can't think of anything that she would do that I would be like, all right, that's it. I wouldn't mind because watching Judy Louis Dreyfus eat sweets. That wouldn't be a problem for me, no matter how hospitalized I, like that, I was. I feel like that's a specific interest category, possibly a, something a that, might, um. that might show up, <laughs> show up in your in your video recommends. Mm. Uh, so so Jake Jarmel's back in the picture. He's got a new book to promote. Um, Kramer is really excited to read this book because Kramer is mm. a self improver. Yeah, he's he read the art of the deal. Art. He's cultured. He has. Well, Jake Jarmel wrote the art of the deal. People think that it was Trump, but it was actually Jake Jarmel. Well, it almost certainly was ghostwritten, so it may well have been. Uh, Jake Jarmel. What are you talking about, ghostwritten? I don't think so. Are you, ta- are you are you saying that Donald Trump did not write his book about business? What I'm saying was it was written by a ghost. <laughs> look, look, Milo. I insist that you put some respect on the office of president. Actually, look, I was I was visited in a night by a ghost, and he said, "Donald, you got to write this book." He said, "Let's just start with a ooh." <laughs> <laughs> we ghosts like to open up with that. 
He also was uh, responsible for most of uh, most of the songwriting of the Motown period. People don't know that. Mm. He loves starting things with an ooh. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Look, all right. Good, yeah, we've it's, exhausted it's fucking, the... Uh... It's 6 a.m. for yeah. me. Like, you're lucky that I'm awake, so... Yeah, it's, it's 6... I don't, don't, don't want to hear... I don't want to hear any of you. That bit's not working. Why don't you get up at 6 a.m. to record podcasts? It's 6 p.m. for me, but I'm jet-lagged, so it may as well be 6 a.m. Um... Yeah, we're both we're both we're both very very sleepy. We're mm. sleepy babies who shouldn't to have to do podcast at all. Yeah, that's we're right. To the sleepy baby pod. Can you can we have podcast um, outside today? Oh, I'd love to have podcast outside. Actually, I wouldn't. It's fucking belting with rain here. Yeah. Anyway. Mm. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, Jake. So Jake Jarmel is signing his books. Uh, he seems quite pleased to see Kramer, like which mm. I think is very funny. I think it's very funny if like be? your ex is friends with Kramer and just being like, ah, oh, this guy. Uh, Kramer likes the look of Jake Jarmel's glasses. Mm. He says, where'd you get them? And Jake Jarmel says, oh, I know where I got them, but I don't want anyone else to have them. And Kramer correctly identifies this as peculiar. Yeah. I, th- then I, Kramer- I also love that he's going like, I know where I got them. As though that was remotely the implication that he might not know. <laughs> no, no, no. Kramer, no. Kramer does imply it. He says, what, you don't know where you got them? Oh, right. I see. He does. He literally implies it. So it's it, this is this is on Kramer. One of the um, one of the unusual scenarios in Seinfeld, where actually the situation could have been avoided if he'd simply lied and said, "Oh yeah, I don't know where I got them. Like it was a long time ago. Or, it was like a small store somewhere. Or, I can't remember." Yeah. Or says like, "Oh yeah, I got them." Or just lie about where you got them. Mm. Say I got them in Cubits or whatever. Then they go to Cubits. They're not there. Well, you'd be like, "Say you got them in Cuba." It's technically illegal for me to be wearing these. This is contraband. Yeah, these are, I'm breaking the embargo right now. I could be arrested at any what. time by. I'll tell you the what is on my commission. face right now. I'll tell you what is on my face right now. This face is wearing solidarity. That's right. Viva Castro mm. on my face. Correct. Um, correct. It's really it really sucks because I have because I have such a um such a relevant story for this episode but i think i've already told it on the show but it might have been a long time ago so i think i can Mm -hmm, tell it again um so long time listeners of the show will remember that some years ago i had a pair of custom um of custom glasses Mm -hmm. which i liked very very much and which cost a huge amount of money they were present from they were present from um who were they present from they had had gold rims and a playstation 2 in the back you know what doesn't matter they had what? I was I was making like a like a pimped out car joke. Oh, I see. Yeah, like custom glasses, Current. but like West Coast <laughs> customs, you know. Well, yeah. I never claim to Presumably be current, Phoebe. The... You know this. Presumably the exhibit version and not the not the not the bad version. Well, I mean, to be fair, UK. Uh, whilst Tim Westwood is a wrongen, and we can acknowledge this, yeah. and I think legally can we can't go into more wrong-un. detail than wrongen, but. Wrongen, no. certainly an alleged wrongen at the very least. Um, a multiply alleged wrongen. Yeah, um, but uh, UK Pimp My Ride was hilarious. It was much funnier than US Pimp My Ride. Like yeah, it, it was. Was. was it? Was it Exhibit who did the US? It one? was. Yes, it was Exhibit. Yeah. yeah. Yo, yo, dog. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I can so do I a good Westwood I... though. The big dog. Uh... Yeah. See, this is the thing. Like, what do you do if your best impressions are of wrongens and dangers? I think like, it's fine there's... to mock wrongens and dangers. You know, I could, I, no, we no, still no, mock it's Savile. To, it's, it's fine to mock them. But if your only really good impression is like an impression of them with no, uh, with no judgment on their actions implied therein. Well, I think it's context dependent, right? So I think this is, it's like what we it decided with Wayne Hennessy about doing the Nazi salute, which is that if you're doing it with the moustache, it's anti-German because you're taking the piss out of Hitler. Whereas if you're just doing it without mm-hmm. the moustache, then you're just a neo-Nazi. Then it's just a Nazi yeah. salute. Well, I'm I'm very pleased to yet again be legally citing Wayne Hennessy on this <laughs> on this pod. <laughs> to be fair, it comes up Wayne Hennessy like. didn't claim that. <laughs> <laughs> Wayne Hennessy made no statement other than that he was desperate to learn more about the Nazis. Oh, bless God him! Bless, bless him. him! I mean, it, as funny God as it him. was that the defense was he's too stupid to be deliberately being a Nazi, it was absolutely correct. Yeah, 
honestly, if I ever do something cancelable, then I ask you as my as my as my best friend and as my colleague, I will ask you to publicly say that I'm too stupid to know what I was doing. What you will need to understand is Phoebe is the dumbest bitch alive. I will need from you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dumbest bitch alive. That's what I want you to say mm. in as many words. That's what I want the statement to be. Yeah. She's she's After she's I've asked into hiding. me to say this. And I quote: <laughs> After I've after after I've gone to Corsica to hide, mm. yeah, we've exiled I you to like Elba. I would like you to say, I would like you to say publicly that I am the dumbest bitch alive when I'm uh, off writing my poems in Bithynia. Mm. Oh yeah, love a Bithynian anyway, poem. Anyway, yeah, love a Bithynian poem. Like like how right, someone with a lisp would say Abyssinia. As is so often the case. Back to me. Um, <laughs> to me, to you. <laughs> to me. We are the Chuckle um, Brothers. I had this. Which one am I? Um, I, I don't. Can I be the hot one? Which one's the hot one of the Chuckle Brothers? I don't know. <laughs> I was I was hoping not to be challenged on that particular point. <laughs> you know, which you know how of, the Chuckle sorry, Brothers. Which, like... which one of fucking uh, Barry and Paul <laughs> Chuckle do you particularly want to be dicked down by? I mean, I guess the hotter one at this so, point is the one who's still alive, which I think is well, Barry. Well, yeah. you know, you know how it is with the Chuckle Brothers. They're the smart one and the hot one. Everyone yeah. knows that. They both chuckle, but one only they tells both, lies. They both chuckle. <laughs> <laughs> mm. One second. Oh, go away. Inspector Phoebe. Anyway. Uh, yes. So I, had, so I had these custom glasses. I loved these glasses. I loved them so, so, so much. And then I went and stayed at a friend's house and I left them there and I lost them. And I was like, I was really, really upset. And I, um, and I asked him to like look everywhere, and he scoured the flat, and he couldn't find them. And I was really, really, really upset. And I got some new glasses. They weren't as nice because mm-hmm. you couldn't get the same. You can I couldn't get like the same one because they cost like hundreds of pounds, and like sure. I said, they were a present. Um, and the next time I went down and stayed there with my friend, um, his flatmate, who was an interesting young woman, she was somebody who had been. Um, who had been really big on MySpace? Big on um, MySpace. Here and, we fucking go. Yeah. All right. And had and had never Zoomers, managed pay to pay attention. This Zoom. is a cultural education yeah. for you. Yeah. Like and also like think on because ask not ask not for whom the MySpace tolls because it tolls for you. You might get millions of views on your TikToks, but you know, but the Grim Reaper comes for us One all. One day kiddos. you're gonna be friends with Tom um, like the rest of us. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Good old MySpace Tom, mm. the only good tech guy. Yeah, ne- never been, never been outed as a danger. MySpace Tom, as far as we know. Yeah. Um, as far as we know, yeah. <laughs> legally. Um, yeah. So, uh, so this young woman had been big on MySpace and had sort of aged out of it, and and as such, brutal was um, having a kind. I know. That's how old you have to be to age a- out of MySpace. Well, like honestly, all that had happened was like if your only thing is to have a very aggressive side fringe and to take lots of pictures of above of your aggressive side fringe and your slightly uh your slightly age inappropriate cleavage Uh. then there will always be uh another young woman coming up behind you with an even more aggressive side fringe possibly this one dyed a different color to the rest of her ask not for whom it roars xd it roars xd for thee (laughs) yeah yeah, so she so she was having she was having a kind of little bit of trouble just kind of settling into the new reality where she wasn't sure. big on MySpace. Yeah, and um, she shows up. She was an she yeah she was she was an interesting person. She once physically uh, started a kind of one woman windmill mosh pit right. in fury the Dutch mosh pit because of the Dutch mosh pit mm-hmm. because of losing a game of Trivial Pursuit right. She like got up and she started like windmilling around and waving her arms around and like <laughs> like kind of like sort of sweeping the cars off onto the floor and yelling. It was really really weird. Losing a anyway, game so of she trivial was... pursuit. Wow. Yeah. One minute also, you're the queen like, of MySpace, po- the next minute you're losing a game of trivial pursuit. <laughs> One minute you're the scene queen, the next minute you are uh, freaking the, out at you're your flatmates because... the Jolian Morn of, of board games. 
Next minute, you're freaking out at your flatmate because uh, you don't know the name of the cloned sheep. Ah, uh, yes, Dolly the um, sheep. Yeah, she called. She said it was Dotty or something, and then she like insisted that it was like close enough to the right answer. Which I love board game arguments. A, They're so good. Close to a, it's close to a Seinfeld episode, mm. and also this is not the only girl I've seen have a physical tantrum over a board game. Ooh. Um, a girl I went to university with, uh, uh, again, physically attacked her flatmate with a Monopoly board by like shutting it close and her flatmate had her hand like on the board and it like trapped her hand <laughs> in, in the board. And then this girl stormed out of the room and then clearly remembered that it was her own room that she stormed Fantastic. out of and had to like hover around in the hallway to wait for people to leave so she could come back. Uh, yeah, board game <laughs> arguments, amazing. They're just the lowest possible stakes of all of all arguments. I simply love them. Yeah, I literally um, can't yeah, imagine so she's, so, doing that. It's wild. Yeah, I know. So, yeah. yeah. So so that that that's what this that's what mm. this girl this that's what this girl was like. Um, and God love her, but I think she probably needed to get a handle on that because um, knowing her a little bit, I suspect there were lots of trivial pursuit losses in her future. Yeah, and she uh, so she so she shows so she shows up and you know says hi and she's wearing my fucking glasses and <gasps> because they were custom mm-hmm. and therefore quite like recognizable, yeah. I said, "Are those my glasses?" And she looks me dead in the eye. She says, "No." <laughs> and I said, "Well, then where'd no. you get them?" And she said, "And she said, I don't know. Like they're just my glasses." And I said. Those are my glasses. And as you know, as mm. everyone who knows me knows, mm-hmm. I go fucking hog wild for a monogram. Yeah. You put my name on my initials on something, doesn't matter what it is. You could put my initials on a fucking, on a slag heap. Yeah. And I'd be like, yes, that is a good present. Anything you put Phoebe Roy's initials on is sort of a slag heap. <laughs> hey! Couldn't resist that one. Well, to be fair, this, this girl... Mm. Not an un, not an unreasonable descriptor either. <laughs> I think we should bring back <laughs> slag along with slapper. It's a fun one. Yeah, you know what? I think we should bring back scrubber. <laughs> Never hear scrubber yeah, anymore. Yeah. which I think is Strumpet. a shame. Slag's nice. Mm. No, slag's nice because mm. like slag is like insulting, but it's also quite cheery. There's something it doesn't quite have the like sort of violent undertone of slut. Yeah, yeah, there's something quite like there's something quite like kind of charming and kind of brass-like, you know, sort of mm. calling your friends like, ah, oh, you dirty slag. No, it's nice. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm a right slag. Let's bring back slag. Yeah, no, beautiful. Yeah, you know what? I'm a, I'll tell you what. I'm a right slag. Slapper, I think less so. I think slag's it's nice. not your I fault. Like it's the slag's paying you. I, lo- I love Danny Dyer's you know inveterate not- use of the word slag constantly to refer to literally yeah. anyone. Oh, my God. Yeah, everyone's a slag. We had a taxi driver this morning who used the word cunt about 400 times in the course of the taxi ride, <laughs> and it was it was so good. <laughs> it's like, honestly, slag is an absolutely wonderful, ungendered, unracialized, mm. unclassed, completely nonpartisan, insult, cheery term. Like, I think it'd be really nice if, you know, like, you know, like a kind mm. of certain kind of girl, um, the way she kind of like captions her Instagrams, uh, you know, you know, like, uh, like brunch with like brunch with these bitches, like mm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think it'd be nice to to go back to slags. Yeah, uh, brunch with these slags. Actually, I just I now I just have to tell. Look at this slag. I just have to tell the story about the uh, about the the car from this morning. Because um, okay. basically we were, we were going from our hotel in Brisbane to the airport and we were like running a bit late and we'd ordered an Uber XL because like there are four of us and we have quite a lot of luggage. So like whatever, like, you know, we've each got like a big suitcase, that kind of thing. And then this guy turns up in like a, in like a big four by four. Right. And um, mm-hmm. and then he's like, yeah, all of your luggage is not going to fit in the car. And I'm, and I'm just like, oh, no, mate, it'll be fine. Like it's going to go in there. And then he's like, no, I don't think it will. And I'm like. I can get all of this in there, believe me. Like, I've done this before. It will go in. And then he's like, no, I think it's, like, too heavy for the car. And he's like, I think you need to call another. And I'm like, no, no, it's going to go in there. Then he's like, no, he's like, I can't have that much baggage in there. He's like, it's illegal. And, I, and at this point, I just snapped. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? 
Like, are you the only taxi in the world who has legal limits on how much luggage you can have in the boot? Like, what are you on about? And then he just, he literally just like stormed off and like drove off. Oh my God. But I was like proper losing my rag. I was just like, this is fucking ridiculous. Like you're a taxi driver. Take us to the airport. Like this will, this will fit in the car. I will do it my fucking self. Um, Anyway, yeah. so then we had to call another. You know what? Get out of the car. I'll drive. So then we had to literally. So then we had to call another taxi. But then we got the best possible taxi driver, like the most Australian man, like big, like kind of like Pacific Islander guy, turns up. And then uh, we get all the stuff in, and we're like, yeah. And then we were kind of like joking with him. We're like, yeah. This previous guy turned up, and he was like, and he was claiming that he couldn't get all of the uh, luggage in the back of the car because it was too heavy for the car. And he goes, what? That luggage you got back there? And then we're like, yeah. And then he just goes, what a fucking pufter. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> this is going to be a great taxi ride. <laughs> um, and uh, Delightful. And I love he's it. Like, what was he driving? And then we were like, a Mitsubishi Outlander. He goes, Mitsubishi Outlander, fuck me dead. What did you expect from that cunt? <laughs> I'm like, great. <laughs> I don't even know what this internecine car beef is, but I'm here for it. Um, he was talking about his time as a bouncer so. <laughs> and how he got in trouble for like when people punched him, beating them up too much. He's like, yeah, they told me I couldn't do that. <laughs> I'm like, right. You've gone a little bit musk like, yeah, in that uh, yeah. one, in that last bit. A little bit, bit musk. A little bit musk. Yeah. It's hard to do musk. Yeah. It's a weird voice. Uh, he, yeah, it's a, it is a weird voice. It is a mm. weird voice. Continue. Um, Sorry. Yeah, so to return, to return, it's like no, no. I I I enjoy how it's sort of taken on the kind of like almost like a kind of ancient saga. Mm. So I've got to kind of say some stuff which kind of reminds me of like where I am in the story. I've got like kind of little kind of little kind of focal placeholder. All right, so the slag heap is wearing my fucking glasses, right. and as we and as we as we all know, Phoebe Phoebe Roy loves a monogram. Mm. Loves a monogram, and as such, the uh, the the my boyfriend at the time who had got me these glasses thought it would be cute to get PR mm. written on the on the arm mm. of my glasses. So I said, "He was envisaging well, exactly this we situation." Pro- we can prove this really easily. Um, give them to me, and she said. No, I'm not giving my glasses. I'm really short-sighted. I can't see without them. And I was like, I've never seen you wearing glasses before ever. So jot that down. Yeah, first of all, if and you can second, see well enough to jot if, that down, that is. Yeah, if you can. Yeah. And secondly, we can solve this really easily because if those aren't my glasses, then they won't have my initials monogrammed on the, on the arm. And she said, they're not your glasses. She said, what, sorry, what, what are you suggesting? Are you suggesting that I like found your glasses on the floor in my flat and then took them to the optician and had the lenses taken out and replaced with my own lenses? And I was like, that's exactly what I'm fucking saying. Why did you describe it like that, you you moron? I actually wasn't thinking that at all. And now I really, really do think that. What the fuck? And... I'm not being mean, mm. but if it had come down to a physical fight, then she definitely had me because she was she was not a, she was not a fragile. I don't know, Roy. Girl. You're scrappy, <laughs> and you had rage I on your scrappy. side. I am, I am scrappy. You'd come away with um, a few clumps she, of her hair. But she wouldn't give me. She wouldn't give me the glasses, and she wouldn't admit. So she did this weird like bond villain thing of describing exactly what she'd done and then was like yeah so what, you think that i did that do you think i'm some kind of psycho and i was like well i didn't really before but fucking hell now i do and she wouldn't admit it and she wouldn't give me the glasses but to this day i know for a fact that that's what this bitch did did you see the pr on the glasses were you able to get close enough no 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 it was really really small because it was just like literally just like engraved on the like the arm of mm. the glasses i'm pointing at my glasses now so that you can yeah. so that you can envisage it um but you'd yeah, have to I go mean, equally, really really had, close to this if woman's you hadn't face. stolen the glasses you would just be like yeah of course your initials aren't engraved on them look like so yeah it's basically an admission of guilt isn't it <laughs> Oh yeah, no, no. Like, I mean, like, absolutely. She'd also like, I don't know how she quite did it, but she'd like, she'd like established a kind of protective fortress in front of her face. Mm. Um, so like, like, I couldn't get near her to, to to have a look at the glasses. Yeah. And I said to, I said to my friend who was her flatmate, I said, I th- your flatmate stole my glasses, 
And he said, like, yeah, but I've got to live with her. And I was like, okay, you know what? I actually can't expect you to intervene here. And I said, but honestly, at this point, I just want to know, can you can you check to see if mm. I've got my initials on the arm? And he said, how am I going to do that? And I said, I don't know, when she's, like, asleep or something. And he's like, no, no, no. Like, what if, like, what if, like, her hand, like, kind of shoots out and, like, grabs me around the wrist? Um and, uh, what, yeah, like so she's a fucking never, mummy? And... <laughs> <laughs> she's yeah. some sort of supernatural entity. Yeah. And also, this flat, okay, cannot stress enough, this flat has also also contained the guy who I've also talked about before, the one who kept his bed in the cupboard. Oh. And got it out and, and got it out at night. A man, man living a fucking Japanese lifestyle. Yeah. The one who... Um, the one who... <laughs> who um on one on one occasion he'd like used all the milk or something when i again when i was staying there um and um one of like the other flatmates like said like said like mate did you use all the milk again and he like slammed the fridge door shut and started like yelling about how all of his flatmates were responsible for the irish potato famine and i cannot again just in case we're not clear on this particular point, uh, this guy this guy was not Irish. His parents were not Irish. His grandparents were not Irish. He just, for whatever reason, felt an, a deep um, a deep affinity with, which you know, it's a, you know, it's like it's fair enough. But it was quite a strange point mm. to to bring it up. I think anyway. So I never I never never found out the truth. But whenever I see this episode of Seinfeld, I think. Fucking woman stole my glasses. Who finds a pair of glasses on the floor and immediately thinks, well, these are mine now. And you will have your vengeance in this life or the next. Yeah. Yoink yoink rules have kicked mm. in. And now this now these are my now these are my glasses. Uh yeah, so I sympathize with Jake Jarmel in this in this episode because if I could prevent somebody from um, from wearing wearing my exact glasses, and this is something that I absolutely would do. Okay, so Kramer then makes the error mm. of saying, "Oh, so Elaine says hi." Yeah, Elaine finds out about this. She's very very angry because at the moment the ball is in her court because he had the last say in the post breakup conversation mm. so if she's going around saying hi this is like reviving it Bit and phoebe coded behavior like, don't go around saying i said hi I, mean, I didn't say hi okay she is correct <laughs> someone's saying hi mm. that it, it's true and this does come up elsewhere in the episode that there is a difference between someone saying hi and someone saying oh well you know hope, hope they're doing well or send my regards or whatever saying hi is definitely it's it's coded it's mm. coded and loaded Locked, coded, and loaded is coded saying loaded. definite. That's why right. I'm describing myself That's when I'm the... down at the gym. <laughs> That's the uh, That's oh, the name. Ladies, of I'm coded and loaded. <laughs> yeah, mm. precisely. Yeah. Um, so Elaine wants to clarify the situation, so goes down there, and again, this is very Phoebe coded behaviour. Mm. It is. It's very, very Phoebe coded behaviour. And she goes down there and says, just so we're clear, I didn't say hi. And he says, well, you obviously still like me because the fact that you felt the need to clarify is even more illustrative of the fact that you clearly are still. Yeah, are he's still 100% right here. This um, is, this is a real be. error from Elaine. Yeah, he, no, and it is, but it's a very recognizable error because I have on more than one occasion in my life made a situation infinitely worse by trying to correct an impression which no one p could possibly have formed, uh, mm. like I'm sure I've told you about. I'm sure I've told you about the the, the strawberry incident. Y yeah, right? this does ring a bell. I told you about this when I, uh, I just very, 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 very briefly because you know. <laughs> Sorry to digress. Heard, just heard quite, <laughs> heard quite. We've had a lot of Phoebe story briefly, time this just, week. Uh, it has been a, it's been a very heavy Phoebe story time um, it's because it's still night basically for mm. me so as far as I'm concerned this is story time yeah uh, years ago I was um, I was at uh, I was I was at a barbecue and the second leg of the barbecue was taking place at my house and so there was some the people there the second leg of the barbecue well. was like a home and away leg 
Yeah, well, yeah, because well, we no, it was it was less of a barbecue, more of a kind of, a kind of picnic, and then we were doing a barbecue at my house. Right. I don't know why we were doing it like that. It just, um, and so what we so what we did is that some people had cars, some people didn't have cars, and the people who had cars were going to go to go to the big big shop and get and like pick up some stuff, um, and um, one of them said, "Oh, do you need anything?" I said, "Actually, I'll tell you what we do need. We do need strawberries." For some reason, because I, I didn't know this person at all, like I didn't know what I don't know what she was up to. I don't know what her fruit selecting mm. capacities are. Yeah, like you she might have been a man just, who works just, for Instacart, for example. For example, you can't look. I'm sorry, you can't just assume that somebody knows how to select fruit. No, they might like, not be a big not fruit buyer. Which is obvious on first meeting. Yeah, they might not be a big fruit buyer. They might just say, "Oh, well, these are okay." They might not know to like. They might not know to really, really, you know, hold the punnet up and, you know, really, really mm. peer at it. And for our American mm. listeners... Gaze onto the uh, punnet. Punnet. <laughs> for um, our American listeners, listeners uh, a punnet is a container for fruit and it is the correct term. Yeah. I don't want to hear your package of strawberries, your carton of strawberries. It's a fucking punnet, all mm. right? So I didn't know what this woman's fruit capacities were. So, sure. I, so I said... So I a said, fruit make sure to get, because we were eating them that mm. afternoon, I said, can you make sure that they're, that they're like super ripe, that they're like ready to eat? Like we're not yeah. like, we're not. Can we make sure the frosty is popping? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, precisely. Uh, in, 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 in as many words, um, <laughs> I want to see a bright bussy. red straw bussy. That's what I want to see. Yeah, yeah. that's what exactly, I want to see. Yeah. And she said, okay, yeah, yeah, fine. But for some reason, I was seized with this anxiety and it really, really took hold. And I became convinced that she was not going to follow my instructions on getting the strawberries. Um, mm. So I started again, uh, like describing what kind of strawberries I wanted. And she sort of went, yeah, 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 fine. Um, so I, so I said, um, so, so I said again, mm. so I said like, okay, so, and you're good with that. And she went, yeah, 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 yeah. In a really kind of dismissive way. And I thought, no, 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 no. And then, we get in our car because we're going back to the house so that we can like be there to let people in. Mm -hmm. And then um, my boyfriend at the time was like, "Oh shit, I actually do need to go to the shop as well because I need to get I need to get some 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 cigs or something." So mm -hmm. when we were at the shop, obviously we run into the other people who are picking up stuff, and I realised that I've been a little bit mental about the strawberries. Sure. Um, and given her too many instructions. We've all had a weak moment like about I, a strawberry. Yeah, and made it look like I don't trust her to correctly get the strawberries. Mm. So what I thought I would do was try to try to fix this by cornering her in the fruit aisle. Yeah, you, you've, you've got it between, between the, the, the plums and the persimmons. <laughs> you got it yep. pinned. She's in, she's in your cone of and fire. I, I got, I got, I got her pinned. Yeah. Uh, the ref, the ref is counting down. Mm. Uh, she can't get, she can't get out from, from, from she's, under me. And my explanation. She's cowering behind the plums. She is cowering correctly. Mm. And and I, and I said just, just about before. It's not that I don't trust you to get the strawberries right. And she said, "Okay, I didn't think that you didn't, but." <laughs> also, no, no, it now no, honestly, seems like fine. you've turned up at the shop to check up on her. <laughs> Yeah, I know Amazing. it does. No, no, yeah. no. I, like, I didn't. I didn't even realize until I was back in the car that that's what that looked like. And I said, like, it's not that I don't trust you to get the strawberries. It's just that we need to have the right ones because we are going to be eating them now. I, I, for some reason, I couldn't quit while I was ahead, and uh, <laughs> and felt like I had to like double down on the <laughs> on the strawberries. It's not about you. It's just this is and a really important strawberry purchase. And she just said like. Well, since you're here, why don't you choose the strawberries since it seems to be of great importance? Brutal. To you. Crushing. And that's that's when I should have said, you know what? I, I like I'm I'm here, so I may as well just do it. That's what I should have said. What I said instead was, No, 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 don't worry. I trust you. And then left. <laughs> well, I actually I kind of so, I don't I think that's the least mental thing you did in the process. I think that if oh come on no 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 I think that <laughs> saying I trust you no, about the strawberries because, because at least as long as you said it in a light enough tone that's at least demonstrating that you weren't there to check up on her about the strawberries that like you genuinely Milo how <laughs> Milo how well do you know me 
Was that was Do you the tone think I said good? it in a light tone? Uh-huh. <laughs> it was not good. No, it was no, it was not. Uh oh. Um. So I can. So I can fully. Um. I can fully sympathise with Elaine. Uh, completely exacerbating a situation mm. because she's so desperate to correct the situation. That's something I can absolutely sympathise with. Um, yeah. So but it strikes Elaine me as such an it. obvious thing that if you're annoyed that you've said hi, mm-hmm. obviously then going down there is just going to make it seem even more like you're obsessed. Like that, that to me is so obvious that I can't believe she's made this. You know, the strawberry thing is more understandable, gradual escalate, escalation. Okay, yeah. So I, sim- I fully sympathise with, I fully sympathise mm. with Elaine um, trying to correct a situation and it going really badly, sure. um, badly wrong. Um, big storyline that we have not even covered yet. We've not even mm. like, we've not even got anywhere near the main storyline, which is a, which is a Jerry and George storyline because we've been spending too mm. much time talking about Elaine. George runs into an old friend, um, old friend of theirs, this guy called Gary Fogel, who mm. um, who says that he spent the last few months undergoing chemotherapy. Um, Jerry already knew about it, and Elaine already knows about it. And there's like a kind of funny, there's a kind of funny exchange where they uh, where they say uh, like, why would I like, why would I tell you, George? It's not like you're my wife. And then it turns out mm. Elaine knows about it, and Jerry sa- and George says she's not your wife. But it turns out that yeah, that is um, a good line. Gary, turns out that Gary didn't confide in George because he can't keep a secret and he's got a terrible poker face, etc. And um, we find and we find out how bad Costanza's poker face is. And again, yeah. sympathise with this very much. I have no poker face at all. My face is very animated. Everyone knows what I'm thinking yeah. all the time. And also, Elaine is, um, you know, she's she's uh, she's Jerry's like citizen wife. Yeah, no. she's they his have a similar relationship wife. to me and you. Yeah, yeah, she's his scoff law wife. That's right. Yeah, they scoff at the law. Yeah, precisely. Um, mm. To be just fair, a, this is a, a bunch very... of um, it... bin bin chickens have just landed on the bins outside the hotel. Um, bin chickens. Yeah, this is, is that this what is... Australians call pigeons? No, it's what Australians <laughs> call the Australian white ibis. Um, you might want to Google Ooh, this bird because yes, it's a very. I certainly it's, do. It's a really fucked up looking bird. Imagine like a cross between a turkey and a swan. Oh my god, I love it. Yeah, and they it looks they they look a bit like they're wearing one of those plague masks that uh, you know Venetian Ew. doctors used to wear. Um, but they're a bit, and they just and they just love eating stuff out of bins. So they and the Australians okay. call them bin chickens. Well, maybe the plague mask is inspired by the white ibis. Mm, I like the white yeah. ibis very much. I like its big beak. Yeah. Good it's, lads. It, it is just very funny to see like a, a tropical animal being a pest. There's just something like weird about that. Just like, yeah, just oh, this, this damn tropical bird is eating my bins again. Yeah. I like the idea of having to fight mm. a flamingo for your chips. Oh, yeah. No, that is good. Yeah. They're easy yeah. to knock off balance. They're only on one leg. So, you know, you've got they an advantage. They are, but, you know, mm. but they've also got like weird yeah weird kind of shrimp filter thing going on so you don't that want to get bitten true. by a flamingo also Absolutely it's very not. undignified to get bitten by a flamingo that's mm. not something that you want in your life no not as an adult you'd, you'd have a to lie wouldn't you by a flamingo and yeah a, a child can be bitten yeah a child can be bitten by a flamingo and 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 you know and carry it off but an adult really mm. can't so so Costanza confronts Gary and says, like, why didn't you tell me that you had cancer? Mm. Um, and he's like, it's because you can't keep a secret. And Costanza's like, I can keep a secret. And then Fogel says to him, oh, yeah, so I was talking to our other friend and she said hi. So Costanza invites this woman out for a date. Um, then she doesn't realize it's a date because she never said hi. She sent her regards. Then she says, mm. I'm in love with Gary Fogel because he got this amazing perspective on life after... Uh, like after his cancer diagnosis, and then oh, prior to later- prior to that though, she he has revealed to George that yeah, yeah, he didn't yeah, yeah, even yeah, have yeah. cancer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Gary's like, okay, uh, you want like you want like you want to be trusted with a secret? I got a good secret for you. I never had cancer, but don't so tell Jerry. Had, but don't tell Jerry. Then we had a great. Then we have a great. And then George scene. says, yeah, he's not my wife. <laughs> yeah, it's good. it's good. Then we have a great scene between George and Jerry when they're talking about. Uh, they're talking about Gary, mm. and um, and there's some like great kind of poker energy. Like you got a flush, you got a full house, and Costanza can't keep it in. Um, and Jerry says, "So this is your poker face." And Costanza can't keep it in and blurts out, "Gary Fogel never had cancer." Um, mm. It turns out that it's not like he kind of 
completely made it up, but he is, he uh, thought they had, he thought he had cancer and then surgery revealed that he didn't, but then he didn't tell anyone that that was, that was the case. And, uh, and then Jerry's like, who lies about having cancer? Like, I don't even think that you can do it. And Costanza's like, yeah, I could do it. Um, Mm. I could definitely do it. And then Jerry reveals that he has bought Gary Fogel an expensive wig because he felt so bad for him. And George says, well, you can't tell him because he says he's going to get me a really good parking spot. And then we have another, we have some wonderful physical acting where like Costanza yells, you'll be nice. And then they kind of turn away from each other at exactly the same time. It's very good. <laughs> it's very, it's very musical. Like simply love it. Simply love to see it. Mm. Yeah. It's um, like your, your yeah. mum making you like play with a child that you hate. You'll be nice. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, and my mum never did that because my mum hated basically every other child that she ever came across. So like if ever yeah, I said, like, I don't want to play they with suck. if I don't want to play with if I don't want to play with them, my mum would just mm. be like, Yeah, absolutely. Because if She's you like, don't want to play, play with, with that kid, you don't want to play with that kid, then that also means that I don't have to deal with their mother. Great. Mm. Fantastic. Everyone wins. Ideal. Um Don't threaten me with a good time, Phoebe. Ideal situation, yeah. Um yeah, so uh, there's lots of convergences of like the kind of different themes. Like the woman mm. who stands and goes on a date with says, "Well, I never said hi. Like, I, in fact, I'm in love with Fogel." And Costanza's like, "Oh, this fucking guy." Then, meanwhile, because Fogel, who has mm. been, who was bald, now has a now has a wig, he's become very, very confident, and he started mm. calling everyone Jack. And he's like, mm. "Ah, Miss Coolto's won't talk to anyone. Well, she's talking now." jack because he's talking about the hot woman in the cafe who comes yeah. in every day and just reads a book and doesn't speak to anyone and it's a bit like maybe that leave her alone bitch. <laughs> that goddamn bitch who doesn't like pass the time who does of day. she think she is reading the art of the deal <laughs> instead of talking to eligible men yeah i got a book that you can read jack yeah, and so Costanza gets very excited about the idea of a wig, so goes to the wig dealer, mm. the wig, um, the wig peddler, Jer- the wig peddler, the wig yeah. monger. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> I think it's funny to call them a wig monger. That's right. Yeah, the hair. Not man. you are. You're a right wig monger. Mm. Yeah. yeah, does sound like a an old timey. <laughs> Yes, it does. <laughs> See, that actually, no, that's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll allow that. That actually works. We just shouldn't use it if it doesn't work, you know? Mm. That's, that's all I'm saying. That's I think saying. it I think it often works. <laughs> what was it that, what was it it that Ry- Riley said to me earlier that he saw, he saw a big sign somewhere saying uh, it was like an advert for the Australian ballet. And he was like, why does the Australian ballet sound like a euphemism for having a fight? <laughs> I was no, like, it good. really no, does. That, that's that that's funny really plausible yeah 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 no that's very good i like that so credit to Uh, riley for that one Uh, that's good that's good i like that that's that's a good one i like that one ballo as they call it there's nothing they won't put an o on the end of australian science is so far ahead of every other country in terms of adding o's to the end of words i just really like the idea of um of like seeing like a kind of proper like proper like one of the big like one of the big six classical ballets and but like they're but including kind of like like aussie like aussie dialogue mm. <laughs> swan lake like see this cunt yeah. <laughs> fucking bin chicken lake ideal what kind of cunt is that art of the ideal mm. anyway yeah the daylight little uh little uh swan lake joke for the uh for the ballet heads mm. um yeah Get, get like one of Giselle's friends sort of saying, this prince is obviously a fucking cunt. Get rid of him. Mm. Um, this prince is a fucking dog. He's a fucking dog. To be fair, the prince in Giselle is a fucking dog. Oh, God. that he's was the, He's the worst. That was another thing the taxi driver said this morning. Like his, his, phone, his phone rang. And he and he and he just and he went oh fuck that and just like hit reject call and he's like oh don't talk to that guy he's a fucking dog and then just like goes back to driving. <laughs> I'm like there's so many there's so many tips of so many icebergs being broached Lovely in this taxi stuff. which I just love yeah. For for a second I thought that you were gonna say you know what we were actually talking about classical ballet with the taxi driver this mm. morning and I thought isn't that nice. Mm. What a nice civilized thing to do. Anyway, mm. 
so um Costanza goes to get a wig. Nobody it, nobody is supportive of him getting a wig. Um at some point in this, Kramer gets an eye patch because he wants an eye patch. Fine, whatever. Mm. Um he helps Newman escape from the cop. Um mm. they have a kind of they have a kind of Thelma and Louise moment where they kind of drive off together. Um Costanza um goes to goes to get his wig, then Gary shows up with the with the wig. Actually no, they don't do Thelma and Louise. What I'm talking about, he goes to court. They go to court together mm. and and Newman is told that he has to impound his car in a garage, which he can't afford. Um so uh, he gets assigned well, a parking space. Mm. So Gary shows up at the wig shop and says and says, "Oh, I need this. I need this one fixed, Jack." He's all kind of hyper confident. He's mm. having a great time, and then he says, "Oh, by the way, George, I'm sorry, you can't get that parking space." And so Jerry says, "Now, can I say something?" And then he like has a, and then he like has a go at Fogel for mm. lying about having cancer and like tries to snatch the wig off his head. Meanwhile, Elaine. Oh yeah, because has... one of the things is that Jerry gave him a load of money to pay for his wigs. Because yeah. of it, yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah, yeah. and then also that, yeah. during this, uh, Jerry is trying to talk George out of getting the wig on the yeah, basis that he looks correctly. silly. I don't know. I think George look looks kind of good in the wig. It's a, it's a high quality wig. I think it's convincing. You are not you are not the only person who has said this to me. Mm. But but as he uh, as Jerry says correctly, so what happens if you meet someone? And George is like, if it's good enough quality, I'll never have to tell her. And Jerry's like, so what? What's going to happen? You, know, you get married, then like you die, and then like the the mortician comes out with this thing and says, Mrs. Costanza, do you want this? Um, and mm. Costanza does not respond with the correct response, which is, well, it won't matter. I'm dead. What's she going to do about it? Mm. That's right. Be like, ah, um, you've been costanza So meanwhile, Elaine has met up with her old boss, Mr. Lippman, who is wanting to... Um, revive his publishing career fortunes and is wanting to start his own publishing company off the back of the enormous success of this Jake Jarmel book, mm. which he's, I think he's edited or something. Yeah, yeah. And he said, if we can get this stuff off the ground, then there's going to be a job in it for you. Why Littman still wants to employ Elaine, who has... Um, we know why. Who has... Come on. Well, we do know why, but she has also revealed herself to be an absolutely terrible employee in a number of different ways. But anyway, she has, um, she has been offered a new job because, you know, because of her, Mm. because of her technically perfect face. So, you know what? Fair enough. Because of, you know, the attributes prized by the superficial man. And at this point she has acquired another pair. She has acquired the exact pair of glasses. Jake Jarmel has. Because she bought them off another man who had them in the street and said he got them from Malaysia. And that is, a, and this is, I think, one of the few realistic, um, realistic examples on this on this show of the extraordinary spell that JLD casts on men. Because mm. under normal circumstances, even if someone offered you money, you'd still say, "No, I need these. These these are a corrective aid. They're not. They're not like everyone's. Fashion. Everyone's got a price. Everyone's got a price. You know. You know what? It just suddenly occurred to me that we didn't talk about the bit at the start. But <laughs> we can we can circle back briefly to the bit at the end because um, I think well, it no, is an interesting bit. Do, yeah, but it's relevant to this section, which is people say like it's very it's very strange. I can actually read it out to say... you. The big new accessory okay, with eyeglasses seems to be that strap that connects in the back, so you can take them on and off. Which I don't get because I thought if you have glasses, isn't that because you need to wear glasses? You need glasses, isn't that what they say? I mean, an eye doctor doesn't say, "Would you care for some glasses?" When people have crutches, they don't have like a little chain attached to their belt, so they can just let go of them every now and then. Why not get a toupee with a rubber band for when you're water skiing? Okay, Jerry doesn't understand how glasses work. This is what I'm getting from this bit. He doesn't. He doesn't know how glasses work. He doesn't know what glasses are. No. He has no understanding that you might need glasses for certain tasks, but they might actually be an impediment for other tasks. He's, you know, yeah. he's never broached this. And also, like, some people use glasses just for reading or just mm. for driving. Like, yeah, not everyone needs them all the time. But then again, Jerry is an alien and so doesn't understand mm. carbon-based life forms and their yeah. problems like myopia, long sight things of that mm. nature. Exactly. It's still quite funny. I think it's quite funny, but it is also... It's, it also doesn't make much sense. There we so go. A bit denied. Elaine, 
<laughs> rubber stamping onto the onto the big bit pile. Fact checked uh, for Pinocchio. Fact checked. Fact checked the bit. Yeah. Um. And then so Elaine gets these glasses and dances off to see Jake Jarmel. And this is a very very hot bratty moment from Elaine. I think. Um, bratty where- sub Elaine Bennis. Bratty sub Elaine Bennis, where Jake says, well, where did you get those? And she says, Malaysia. Mm. And it's really, really hot. Um, yeah. And then she sort of dances out. And then in the meeting with Lippmann, Lippmann says, I love these glasses. She says, you know what? You know, I don't need them anymore. Which I think on Elaine, on Elaine's part, I think this is a category error because she should obviously be wanting to get rid of the glasses like outside of this pool she shouldn't be dumping the glasses inward she should be dumping the glasses outward because it surely should have occurred to her that then he will wear them around jake jarmel who will go mad no, i interpreted this as an amazing chaos move revenge tactic from elaine i was like this this is phoebe coded behavior right here the revenge is a dish okay. best served cold <laughs> she's gonna send this man insane okay fine and in fact she does have a she does have a nice conversation with a taxi driver who's who, and she says like i'm so smug and the taxi driver says yes smugness is not a good quality and she mm. says i'm gonna get revenge and he says revenge is a good thing yeah so fair play to the taxi driver mm. um an ally yeah that's right and uh but the problem is is that then this obviously scuppers elaine's uh, Elaine's potential mm. job at this publishing company because at the press at the press conference, um, Jake sees the glasses on Mr. Lippman and like goes for him. Yeah, and, and then Elaine the is there and and sort of like just kind of like shrugs it off and smiles to herself, which is what made me think that this was all like a deliberate ploy. Like she kind of knew all this would happen. Yeah, you've okay. been banished. Yeah, I suppose that's a possibility. Mm. It's been. <laughs> Yeah, that's another big rubber stamp. Like you've been benished. That's right. She like leave. She like leaves like leaves like a kind of a dagger and a rose on your on your bed. So you know you've been benished. Much like the amazing from the Elaine American election graphic I've just seen from Fox, because there's been a referendum in Tennessee where what they've done is a, a, a good a good thing, which is they've outlawed um like people being forced to do like slave labor in prison as like a punishment you know like but then mm. the graphic they've actually made is uh like the fox news branding you decide and then in massive capital slavery banned <laughs> um very funny graphic <laughs> very very you've been benest yeah, like, energy yeah that's that that's funny the All people right, have chosen that. much like they chose boaty with Boatface, they have chosen to ban slavery like okay up to you ban it if you like have you seen have you seen the thing about the the they put the name of uh, the museum in Perth and in Scotland, yeah, not in Australia? Perth Museum. And they've just decided to call it Perth Museum. You know what? Of the classic. You know what? At the end of the day, I respect that. Mm. I respect that utterly. Um, and I saw, but I saw because I saw a, I saw a post um, where mm. someone sort of said, "Oh, like oh, this is like this is what it would be like having uh, having Starmer as prime minister. Uh, like it goes to a public vote and." Um, it ends up being called Perth Museum, and I think it's re- I think that's really funny because people who like him and people who hate him could interpret that really, really differently. So if you hate him, you could think like, "Oh, so they're saying like he's really boring and no fun." And if you like him, you think that means, "Oh, that's like stability, not pissing about." And I thought that was quite funny. Um, I think that if there is a referendum on a on to name something uh i think the own there are two acceptable options you either call it the thing that it is like perth museum like boaty mcboatface to my mind is the absolute worst kind of weak british patter i fucking hate it Mm. or you allow small children to name something and then they come up with something like insane so like you uh, like get a small child to like name a new panda at the zoo oh yeah and always they're like kang the destroyer yeah great, great. sort of thing a panda yeah. should be called so children and people who don't have weak british patter that's who should be naming mm. things and 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 in that we're unfortunately including canadians <laughs> 
even worse patter than the British. What? That's Canadians. Oh right, I see. Sorry, yeah. I thought I thought you meant like in the children category. <laughs> also, also Canadians. that. In fairness, also that. <laughs> Technically, if you are Canadian, you are a child. Mm. Um, I believe that is. Uh, we have wrapped up. Yeah. That, so if you've ever episode, fucked a Canadian, it, you're it, a nonce. <laughs> I'm just trying to think if I have. No, I haven't. No, I haven't. No. I'm safe. Not yet. I have no intention of fucking a Canadian or a child, for that matter. For that I'm glad matter, you clarified. Like on record. Certainly not a Canadian <laughs> child, which would make me some kind of turbo pedo. Um, yeah, a, 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 a double nonce. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And- <laughs> a double entendre. And what I entend to do is pedophilia. Um, <laughs> yeah, so- all right. Okay, that, that'll do. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, sorry this one has been slightly chaotic. Mm. It is dawn for me. Milo has jet lag. Yeah. Uh we've had some tech problems, but still thank Fucking you very back, much for baby. listening. We're back on it. We are back on it. We're back and ready to do it all over. Yes, again. we are. All um, over again. Yeah, this has been a free one. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this and you're not a Patreon subscriber for three bucks a month, you get uh, the bonus episodes every month for $5 every month you get the movie corner episodes and also the discord and for $10 a month you get the what's the deal miniseries where we riff with some of our favourite comedians so uh, there's currently one of those out with Pierre Novelli and Vittorio Angeloni which is a really good really good show um, and there's going to be the movie corner is going to be out very very shortly which is with Andrew Law where we talked about uh, London Has Fallen a very yeah. very bad movie <laughs> Very bad movie, mm. my God. Yeah. My God. And what's so great about doing terrible movies for the movie corner is there really is a limitless supply. Oh, There's yeah. a finite supply of good films, but bad films They're making them every day. Universal element. Yeah. Every single day. Every single day. Right. Well, um it remains nothing more for us to not thank anyone. Because it's just us. No, thank ourselves. Yep. Thank you, Milo. Thank you, Phoebe. <laughs> Um, well, and, oh, morning. and uh, wish you all a very uh, season. Bye. Bye.